Well, that was fun. Well, thank you. You know, I've, I've enjoyed the music for more than one reason today. Of course, my, my lovely family and my children uh, got to toot their horns today. Uh, but also, it's actually a great representative of our study in the book of Proverbs. Because as we study Proverbs, we realize that it is a part human observation and part divinely inspired. And as we uh, started the service, we gathered with the saints by the river. And then the saints came marching in. And we had some black and gold going on here. If you haven't caught some of the theme of the human interaction with the divinely inspired, just point it out there just a little bit for you. But that's how life is. Now, unless you uh, subscribe to a type of hyper-Calvinism where everything in life, whether good or bad, has been predetermined before you even born, um, there is a human perspective that we really have to concentrate on as Christians. Because I believe God gave us free will to choose Him out of love because of His great mercy that He gave us. And to turn our lives over to Him is a choice that we have been given by His mercy to make. And if you believe that as I do, then the human nature of our life and the spiritual nature of our life is very important. And for some of you, if you haven't been here in the last few weeks, we've been studying the book of Proverbs. We've been reading it together as a church. And today, because today is the 20th, we are in the 20th chapter of Proverbs. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk kind of a review. Proverbs comes from the ancient wisdom literature. Uh, so the, the ancient literature of the Hebrews. Uh, many believe that it was used to, to teach uh, males that were uh, aspiring to be king or leadership positions. Um, but Proverbs is proverbial wisdom. It kind of gets the name from that. It's how life is supposed to work. That when you do certain things, there should be certain results. If you do certain things good, then you should have good results. If you do certain things in error or bad, you should have bad results. It's, it's a pretty simple formula. But Proverbs wasn't written by itself. The, the wisdom literature of the ancient Hebrews also realized that sometimes life doesn't go the way that it should. These are balanced by the book of Job, Ecclesiastes, are, are speculative wisdoms. It's when life doesn't work the way it should, how do we approach God? Because we know that God created us and he made everything good and beautiful. But it was as sin entered the world that it was corrupt. And sometimes because of this corruption, life doesn't go the way it should. Job is the perfect example of this. A godly man who lost his entire family. He struggles to come to understanding. And then he had these friends that tried to give him the pep talk you know, that he needed. And some of the pep talk was, well, maybe it was all the sin in your life that caused this tragedy. That's not how it worked. Job knew he was a good person. Even though he was a good person, bad things happened to him. And so he had to work out. And in the end of the story, it doesn't give us a lot of answers. And sometimes life is that way. It, it tells us to trust the Lord. And if you've been studying the book of Proverbs and, and learning from it on how to be a better person, you may have missed one of the first opening verses and it begins this way, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
The Lord is the key component of truly understanding the book of Proverbs, understanding wisdom in general, because we can seek advice from human observation. Done it for hundreds of thousands of years out of this book and out of the teachings on how to raise families and things like that. Good leaders today understand that you need to seek advice from other leaders who have gone before. Uh, you know, as a pastor, one of the things that I did to prepare for the ministry was I studied leadership books. Not divinely inspired leadership books. Now, I did study the Bible and the leadership in there, but either authors that weren't even trying to write to pastors, just to normal business leaders. Because in human society, we are not the only one gifted with observation. Did you know that? We are not the only people who can see. And there are some gifted people in this world that have gifted observations to offer. But the book that we are studying is different than that. It has been divinely inspired so that we may still gather today and study it together and see the spiritual nature that it offers. Now, you have to be careful because the book of Proverbs also is a balance to those who will over-spiritualize life because that is the other tendency that we tend to do when we go about as Christians living in a human world that everything is spiritual. You know, how I buttered my toast is a spiritual exercise. You know, all these kind of things. People to that far extreme can make every little mundane thing of life spiritual. It can be, but not the way they use it. As we look today in chapter 20, if you've been following along and reading as we, we've been reading this together, you will notice that there are three examples of the fool. So if you don't like the word fool, too bad, it's biblical. But there are three examples of the fool. And in the book of Proverbs, it, it describes multiple fools uh, and ways of error that you can follow. The first one is the drunkard. Now we can have... Uh, Debates as Baptists on whether drinking alcohol is completely a sin. doesn't say in the Bible there was reasons they drank alcohol because of impurities and waters and all this kind of stuff. But there's one thing they knew about that one beverage. Too much is always a bad thing. It leaves you with a bad feeling the next morning. And if you've got work to go to, you're not going to do very well at your job. You're going to struggle. Don't act like you've never been there. I mean, I'm sure many of you have. But you know what it's like to have one too many. And if you've ever listened to the country radio, which I imagine many of you had, there's plenty of songs that say it starts with one and then another, and I lost count and started all over again. There's many of those songs. But there's a warning against being the drunkard, and this is an habitual alcoholic, or one who has a tendency every time they get a free their paycheck, they blow it all on the alcohol it ruins not only the person's life but relationships of those who struggle with addiction and alcohol is not the only addiction that we can struggle with in life there are other addictions that would fall under this category between opiates and, and over-the-counter drugs illegal drugs to work could even be in there if we overindulge into that because it is a sin of the flesh it is a sin of And then another one, the conniver. They are the fool. The conniver is the one who tries to make his way through life through trickery, 
through deceit, through all these things. You know, it was once praised for those who could sway a group to their opinion, whether they use uh, lying or, or whatever means necessary. It was noted as a promising aspect of a person if they could convince the crowd that they were right, no matter what deceitful manner they went about it, because they had won the argument of the day. But the conniver is the way of the fool. If you would rather trick somebody into doing something for you, I mean, it reminds me of the story of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Oh, how much fun it is to paint this fence. Have you ever painted a fence before? Let me show you how much fun it could be. It's the conniver. We have that story throughout our history. But the one we're looking at today is the sluggard, the lazy man. Verse 4, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. I love this one because it's agricultural reference. There are times where you've got to prepare your fields. And the story of this slugger is he has an excuse. I'm not going to go plow today. It's too cold. It's too windy, maybe he would think. But he's not going to go. He's got an excuse. We can do that in life, can't we? There's things that we know we should do because there are seasons of life when we should do them. There's things that are obvious that are set in front of us that we need to attend to. But then, there's a reason we can't. You know, I was once told uh, by a pastor to pray for mediocre weather for Sunday. Pray for mediocre weather. And you're like, what? Why do you pray for mediocre weather? He said, here's what mediocre weather does for you as a pastor on a Sunday morning. If the weather's really pretty, well, I can worship God just as well at the lake today. Be out in God's great beauty Enjoy the spirit sinking in. Well, if it's too cold, well, I don't want to get the baby out in this. He might catch a cold, and, you know, my grandmother might get pneumonia. We don't need to go today. It's too cold. But mediocre weather is not nice enough to go swing the links at the golf course or sit at the lake. It's not cold enough to justify not showing up. So mediocre weather is what you want on a Sunday morning. There's some truth in that. But it says, The slugger does not plow in the autumn, and he will seek a harvest and have nothing. It's too easy to make excuses for our life. It's too easy to say, Well, I'll just do it tomorrow. I've got too much going on today. But as our example earlier, you can be busy doing things that aren't important. You can be hurried and not have anything to show for it. We can be lazy and never have a moment's rest. You know, the Proverbs is not the only place that we can find wisdom in the Bible. Jesus used wisdom all the time. In the book of Matthew, if you can follow with me, if I can find my book of Matthew where I marked it, there we go. Chapter 25 is a parable Jesus tells. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about kingdom citizens on how we gather as a church. And he uses uh, something a little bit strange for our culture today. But follow along with me. We can figure it out well enough together. And then Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish 
and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourself. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Talking about Jesus' coming. If we look at life as the sluggard, as the one that we are warned against, as the fool in Proverbs, and we put off till tomorrow, are we not take the provisions that we need? There may not be a tomorrow. For we live life, especially when we're young, that the future is long and wide open. But we don't know how many days we are given. We don't know if we will make it out of our teenage years, out of our 20s, out of our 30s. We don't know if we will live long in old age and prosper. But God has laid before us a path that we must follow. And if we are believers, if we have pledged ourselves to Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior by His good mercies and grace, and that we are saved and we've become one of His disciples, there is a plan set for us. And if we are like the fool, like the sluggard, and we do not plan ahead, we do not look and seek what God has laid before us, we may miss our chance. We may not be ready when the bridegroom comes to call us home. We might not be ready for the accounting that day. For it says whether we are his or whether we are not, there will be a judgment day. If we have an advocate that's Jesus Christ, we know we will be in heaven. But we will have to account for the way that we lived our life. We have been warned in Scripture. We've been warned over and over again not to follow the way of the fool, but to follow the way of the wise. And the beginning of wisdom is rooted in the fear of the Lord, in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He has placed before us each day the task that we need to accomplish. If you're saying, well, Lord, well, Pastor, I'm not sure what task I'm supposed to be doing. Well, now this is where we get back into the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines of common sense is a very important one in the life of the church. It's by treating life and not doing things stupidly that we can grow in our walk with Jesus Christ. Don't go on a fabulous vacation if you can't pay your power bill. That's an extreme, but we know we do things like this all the time in life. Don't be irresponsible with money. Don't flirt with the opposite sex if you're married. 
These seem simple. But we know that there is a chain reaction in evil doing in our life, in sin that so easily entangles us, to steal a word from Paul. But as we step one step over the line, it's easier to step another one and then another. And before too long, we don't even see the line anymore and we are lost in the sin that we have been entangled with. You can look at statistics. In the church, there's not a very large difference in divorce rates than in the world. Actually, we're starting to lose. There's a higher divorce rate now in the churches, and that's because the world has given up on marriage. They'll try it out a time or two before they commit. So why? Why do we still are plagued with this? It's because we have forgotten the disciplines that God taught us, that he gave us in this scripture about wisdom and the common sense discipline, let alone seeking God in reflection and Bible study and all these kind of things. If Christians today could quit being stupid, think of what we could do. It's not unique. God calls us to follow the ways of the wise, not the way of the fool. Not to be a sluggard, not to put off for today what could be done tomorrow. If God has laid laid on your heart to do something, and if you've made a commitment to do it, and today is the day, then do it. We may mess up. It's like following a diet or an exercise regimen that I so much struggle with. I can count my calories today, but then somebody brings a pie to the office or a thing of cookies. Well, just one won't hurt. Well, if I had one, a second one won't. For too long, he ate a whole plate of cookies. And my daughters are Girl Scouts. They're selling cookies. Think about that. (laughs) That's an example of common sense. We know the right things to do, but we struggle to do them. And that is why we have to get down on our hands and knees every single day and ask God for assistance to give us the strength that we need to walk the narrow line of human life So that when we get to the day, when the bridegroom comes, even though he may have delayed, we will be standing there with our lamps ready to meet him. Not searching quickly for a solution to cover up our ineptitude. But we will be there ready to greet him. And that we will be welcomed into the feast. For that is what we learn when we learn to follow the spiritual discipline of common sense. We learn to be ready. It's the Girl Scout and the Boy Scouts motto, always be prepared. Think about life. Think about the churches you have been in. Maybe this is the only one you've ever experienced in your life, but I imagine many of us come from other experiences. Think about how those churches would have been different if everyone quit being stupid in them. It may sound harsh. But I don't think most Christians go to church to be mean, to be hateful, to be sinners, and these kind of things. I think we generally gather so that we may have an experience with God that we can share with the world. But many times we put ourselves in the way of that very experience that we are looking for. 
we may not have studied our Sunday school lesson. And so as we are studying the scriptures together in small group before worship service, we have these little strange comments because it just popped in our head. Yes, the Holy Spirit guides us, but it guides common sense too by preparing for a lesson and studying so you know what the context and the scriptures and everything's about. But a lot of times when we just speak before we think, we could say something we didn't necessarily mean or that wasn't very smart and bright and then somebody says a comment against us and then we get our feelings hurt because they said I was wrong and then you, know, then you have a whole split in your Sunday school class of course that can spill over in a church and one thriving congregation could now be two pathetic congregations just think what this world would be like if Christians quit being stupid we could avoid the way of the fool we'd avoid the drunkenness, the conniving the slothness in our life and we could be ready we could have our lamps there we could have our, our flask of oil so no matter how long it takes Jesus to return that when he walks in the doors we'll be ready to meet him for that is why we gather we are in the in-between type times Christ has come and delivered us from the sin that so easily entangled all of us but he delays we know the scriptures promise that he will come and he will collect his bride. But his delay is good because it gives us time to spread the message of the gospel, the good news to all the world. It is that great commission. God, for some reason, chose us to be his hands and his feet in this world. But many times we let the world dictate how we live. If we start seeking Jesus Christ first in our life and we follow the plan he has laid out before us, great things will happen. You will be capable of doing far more than you can imagine. Many years ago, I would have never imagined I'd have been standing here today. But it takes one little step. Just as it takes one little step in the path of the fool, it only takes one little step in the path of the wise. If we make a good decision today and we keep to it and tomorrow we make another good decision no matter if we mess up but if we keep progressing in the way that God has laid out before us it is amazing what can be accomplished so as Proverbs say there's two choices the path of the fool or the path of the wise for those who want to be wise Acknowledge first your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the mercy that he has given you. And know that you will not do life perfectly because we have not been fully uh, glorified yet with the Father. The bridegroom has not come and collected his home, that we are still products of a corrupt and sinful world. But if we make one step towards Jesus and not to the world, we are following the path of the wise. One step today is all you have to do. One step. Will you join me in that challenge? Is today the day that you're just going to make one step closer to Jesus Christ? Well, as we enter this time of invitation, I would like to ask everyone today to recommit themselves to making that one step closer to Jesus Christ.
recommit yourself to the spiritual discipline of common sense and not be stupid. I'm not asking for greatness. I'm asking simply don't be stupid. And follow the way that God has laid out before you. Because each and every one of us has a path and it's different than mine. We will have our own road to negotiate, but God is walking with us. He is walking with us through his scripture, through brothers and sisters here that help guide us. Because sometimes we see something in others that they have not yet seen themselves. And that God has placed there and has given you vision so that they may know the path to walk in life. But the opposite is true. Sometimes we see things in people's life that we should say, don't be stupid. But we don't want to intervene or hurt somebody's feelings. So let's be the, the wise church for a little while, anyways. Today, if you have joined us and you've never experienced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you like to ask Him into your heart, if you don't know what that means and you just need somebody to pray with you or talk and discuss some of these things, please come forward. Maybe you've been visiting First Baptist Church for some time, and today you're going to join us. You're going to walk as brothers and sisters with this congregation. Please come forward at this time. Or maybe you are simply in need of prayer. Come forward at this time.